Um, so welcome to episode two of the Three Thirds Mank, One Third Scouts podcast. And um, as we are currently in a football embargo, um, unless we are the Belarusian Premier Division, um, we thought that we'd start um, the podcast with a look back at the three quarters of the season that we, we've had so far and do a little bit of best player, best young player, all the usual end of season questions even though I'm sitting here, fingers crossed, toes crossed, that it's not the end of the season and it won't be I mean, null and void. I was going to say, Cheesy, fingers crossed. Well, this season could be null and void, so everything we speak about now potentially is a complete waste of time. Well, I'm, I'm hoping that because we've played 75% of the season, it'll be a, everything will be all right. But even if it does end now and whatever, Liverpool get the title, it will never be Liverpool won the title after 38 games, even though we are 25 points clear. So I would like... Whatever happens, everything we say about it will be a complete waste of time anyway. (laughs) (laughs) We could be passing our comment on world global politics. It'll have no impact on anyone anyway. Start the podcast as we need to go on. (laughs) Let's not deviate from what it's going to look like. Everyone should be reassured that, you know, we have no impact on the world. (laughs) My, My other question before we obviously move on. You said it's episode two, which rightly it is. Are we gonna uh, are we gonna name the episodes? Or are we just gonna just gonna have episode? We're just gonna have it episode two. Uh, yeah, no, we can really, get... What we should hope for is so, something to organically happen. That's quite a funny and amusing line, shouldn't we? Yeah. All right. So, they, so, so these these written down quips that I've got, I should. Yeah. I should yeah. Put <laughs> one, of, one of those ad libs you've been rehearsing all day. <laughs> Hopefully, will. <laughs> Okay. We're coming good. I'll try and crowbar them in somewhere. <laughs> I mean, and to be fair, how are we going to name this episode? It already sounds like the one that we need to put next to episode two, so. <laughs> I mean, the, yeah. the, 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 the thrilling season it had been up until this point, that's the thing. Had it? Had it? It's not been thrilling, had it? Do you not get a bit bored of... Liverpool constantly winning. But, yeah. The byproducts of the, what everything else that was going on in the rest of the season. It has been quite an interesting season. Regardless, forget who, forget like, you take first place out of it, which has been pretty much dealt with for a long, long time. But everything else around there with Leicester and City and the top four, and just because I don't, just because everybody's not got 70 points and only lost one game each, I think it's still been a, it's still been a quite a good season. And I think because like the standard of the Premier League, I personally I think the standard of the Premier League's risen so much that it, it just sort of feels like there's a big game. Like every week, there's a big game on. Like because even like when it seems like Everton are playing someone in the top five or six, you're thinking that's a big game. There's effectively like a, a top a big seven now in the Premier League before I mean, even I- before you get to Wolves. So one of the, like two of the big sides are nearly always playing each other. I, I think you want to tell Sky Sports that because. They're not showing them games on Super Sunday. I can tell you that much. <laughs> I mean, admittedly, if I, so, I found the Liverpool thing sort of fascinating in a one-off, random kind of way. If this happens every year for the next five years, I think it probably will get a bit boring. Like as a one-off, it's interesting to see one team just so dominant, and you know, could they go unbeaten all year? Turns out they couldn't. Um, well, I mean, I'm, uh, yeah. I know, I know you'll obviously say different cheese, and you probably were working to get to watch them as much as you wanted. But when Liverpool were on, like I, last season, when it was all so close, I used to enjoy watching Liverpool games and City games because there was a lot riding on it. But now this season, 
because Liverpool was so dominant, I just wasn't bothered. I wasn't interested because you, you just like it was almost a foregone conclusion that they were always going to win. Uh, I think I think probably maybe getting into into January time, like when like when when the gap opened up so much, and you, you kind of thought, well, actually, it doesn't it doesn't it became a point where it didn't really matter if we lost. Like even last year in in January, like when we got to seven points clear, I was like, well, it's it's, it's like it only takes a couple of slip ups for something for it to go horribly wrong, and obviously it did do anyway. But then this year it kind of got to the point that when it kind of get when it kind of got to fifteen points clear, I kind of thought that. As like we could lose this and still be double double digits clear, and I can't bear in mind that we've lost like one game in ninety. How on earth are we going to lose five games in the next ten and completely throw it? Just it, it just became a point where it, it almost it it was just it was almost a process. It was a bit of a procession, and you, I don't I think Liverpool have played great this year. I, I genuinely don't. And when teams have played well against us, um, I think we've been, I think we have been look. Been very lucky in certain games. Go back to the United game at, at Anfield, and um, I mean, we, we I thought we were quite lucky to get a point at Old Trafford as well. That it's we have been kind of we have been really really lucky. Exactly. I, I think Liverpool were better last season. I think we were, but City were City were better last season. So that's, yeah. That was a problem. Yeah, that's that's half that's half the problem. I think Liverpool were better last season, but the standard from everyone below, everyone's dropped off so much because Liverpool, Liverpool haven't been as good but their drop off from how good they were last year to how good they are this year has been smaller than everyone else's. So, like you say, Liverpool have kept winning and kept winning and yes, they probably nicked points when they shouldn't have nicked points but that's one of the sides of one of the sides of a good team, isn't it? That you even when you don't play so well you either nick a win or you get a draw. But then you've never felt when they have dropped them points that there's anyone there waiting in the wings to kind of take advantage of that and really put some pressure on Liverpool. City haven't been anywhere near they were. For a long time, you're pinning your hopes on Leicester, but that's less like from, no disrespect to Leicester, but it's Leicester. You're not, you're not really expecting them to pull off another when they won the Premier League. I know Leicester, yeah. Yeah, you're not well, really expecting them to do that again, so. Well, the one thing about, the one thing about some of that stuff, when Leicester won the league, they had less points now. Than, they had less points, they finished with less points than what Liverpool have actually got now. And the other thing with City is they've not won more than... I, I'm, I, now I'm saying this, I'm, I'm not quite sure about the last five games, but they've never won more than three games in a row. So every three games, City have dropped points. So I think we dropped points, what, in October at Old Trafford and obviously when we got beat off Watford two or three games ago. But if you think every three games, City have, like on the fourth game, City have dropped points, it just, it just adds more and more. And then Liverpool, I think the first 10, 15 games of the season managed to get quite a lot of... Um, late winners and it's like anything I mean I grew up with watching United get late winners in games and those 10 points and the difference between being second or being first and, and this year it's been the case of those 10 points have been the difference between us being 25 points clear or being 15 points clear I mean the big well, irony to all the big irony to all this season is that we, if we hadn't have dropped points at Old Trafford and at Watford we'd be champions because we'd well, be Bournemouth that's. The, I mean, that's the for all the talk of the season well, the other, being null and void. The strange thing is, I think one of the ways football's really changed, probably across our lifetimes, is it's become much more of a squad game. You know, it's all about rotation and keeping people fresh. And I, I actually think Liverpool go against all that. And yeah, you know, I think the Liverpool squad, I think, hasn't got much depth to it. You know, you, know, you can you sort of can pick the Liverpool team most weeks. And, you know, there are, you know, if, you, if, you, if one of that front three got injured for a prolonged period of time, 
you're suddenly looking at Divock Origi to come on, or you know, Shakiri who went who got relegated with Stoke last time, who's at a different club. And yeah, you know, it's been an incredible sort of turn of events that they've Liverpool have been able to sort of keep pretty much the same eleven out there, sort of same twelve or thirteen players out there for the whole season. And uh, and have dominated so so well. I think one of the big problems. One of the big problems with it, you're saying that the like, Liverpool squad's not as deep. It, it probably isn't. You're right, but Shuren Shakiri's not a bad player, and um, uh, Divock Origi probably isn't a bad player. But because they're in that Liverpool side, oh, I think Origi is a bad player. Yeah, but this when when you're in that Liverpool side with Mane, Firmino, and Salah, and how well them three work together. You could have a lot of players coming into that team and then really struggling to show how good they are because you're comparing them to how well that front three works as a unit. Do you know what I mean? So you take one of them out and then you're instantly trying to fit them in and then you're not just comparing them to the player that they've come out from. You're comparing them to how the unit works as a whole. So you, they're almost getting they're almost getting judged twice as opposed to just against the one player that they come up against, come in, in for. Yeah, I mean, that's a fair point. But, and, you know. and, and the other problem is, it's the same, and Spurs have had this problem as well, that it, whoever you try and buy to, to be an understudy to those three players is not going to play when those three are fit and fiery. And that's the, it's the same <clears> issue that, that Spurs have had with Kane. I mean, the other thing is as well, and, and, and I kind of said to you, when we talked about it being a squad game, and you're right, there is a, there is a big drop-off, not so much in midfield, I don't think, but in, in obviously in other areas of the pitch, especially if you take, put Dejan Lovren in the middle of that defence. But there's, there's been times where the other players have stepped up. So there's, I mean, Kaiser's not played an awful lot this season, but there was times at the back of last season where he, he, made, important, he, he, made, important, he made important goals, you think about Old Trafford. It was Lallana that scored at Old Trafford. It wasn't. It wasn't one of the front three that scored. Um, Arigi will just go down in folklore for the fact that these goals against Barcelona. He scored a goal in the Champions League final. He scored. He scores. He scored three goals in his last two against Everton. So they're the they're the goals that people remember more than anything else. So I mean, Arigi will. Arigi wasn't a great play. He was. He was. He's a bang average player. Um, he's quite quick. He's got some good feet. I think two years ago, wasn't he in the French? Wasn't he in the worst French eleven in there at the end of their season when he played? I think he'd gone to play in France and he got one goal in nineteen as a, as a, as the main striker for the team he went to play. I think it was Lille, um, and just by him being in the right place at the right time, and even Shakiri, I mean, he's never fit, but he still managed to score a goal in the Merseyside derby. And if you just score a goal anywhere, then score it in the Merseyside derby. So I think that's been the big that's been the big thing for us this year. Like Van Aldum scoring that goal at Sheffield United, we've just managed to get over the line every like whenever we've needed to. I think we've won thirteen games by the by one goal. So although it's not been it's it's felt like a bit of a procession at times. It's not been it's not like last year where we were scoring five six goals a game or three four five six goals a game. And that's been I think that's been the bit that's that's kept a lot of Liverpool players. Especially in the big games, because I don't think we've won a big game convincingly since the Manchester City game at, um, at Anfield, and even that had its own controversy with what happened in the game. So, and for talk of uh, Liverpool's dominance, it probably takes the best to our first question. We're going to pose the best player of the season so far. Um, Cheesy, who have you gone for? Um, well, I, I'd pick six now. <laughs> I don't think you've understood the question. <laughs> did you did you finish sixth in a race once and your dad told you the best game? So you, you just assume top six is 
I mean, if we said Chelsea pick your five aside team of the season, you you still would have got that wrong. No, I meant I meant I picked a list. Of, <laughs> I was trying. I was trying to be who, professional about it. Who uh, went? Uh, do, you, do you remember when we were picking? Uh, was it World Cup squads? Who picked three left backs or four left backs? Was it you, Cheese? Look, I, look, I was, <laughs> oh yeah, it was. Yeah. I was way, way <laughs> back. That's why I applied for the England job. I, I might <laughs> die. Um, well, I, th- I think it's only fair. The first player that I wrote down on the list was Henderson. So I think, um, I think in all honesty, I think it was very close between Henderson and Mane. I think it's unfortunate for Van Dijk because I think he's just, I think he's just brilliant all over. But I think the best, and I know it's not the most improved player, but I think the player that's kind of held it all together for Liverpool this, year, this season, and you can tell when he's not played, has been Jordan Henderson. Well, for me, it'd be Henderson that gets it this year. How about so, you? Rob? Well, I just want to know why he's on the rest of Cheese's list, to be honest. Oh, well, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. He teased us um, with six, then just went straight for number one. <laughs> all right, okay. Well, we'll start from the bottom. Number six was, I, I'd struggled with number six. Um, and so I have to do why, why did you go to number six? Because <laughs> <laughs> it just. I don't like to think the, of a stick, but I've got to get one. <laughs> because there's six on the, always six on the main list. So I, I picked, I just had six in my head, even though I've got, I oh, know I've got six for the other list as well. Um, um, so Aguero at number six. Right. Um, I thought, I mean, I could have swapped him out for somebody else that's in the young player list, which I won't go into at the minute. Um, then I went Van Dijk, then Vardy, then De Bruyne, then Mane, and then Henderson. Um, but I, I, I don't know. Has it been? Has it feels like it's has has that many? Have we had that many players that, that have stood out this year? Well, I, I, so I. Oh, go on, Ross. No, go on. You've probably got a stronger opinion than me, but... Well, what I was going to say is I sort of feel... Personally, I feel that Liverpool have been such a dominant team. You sort of... The best player has to have been a Liverpool player. I've gone for Mane. I think Mane's really stepped up uh, this year. You know, I think up until now, he's always been in the shadow of uh, Mo Salah. But I think this season, Sadio Mane's really been like the main guy for Liverpool. And I, I just think he's been... And when he's at his best, I think he's unplayable. I think the biggest credit you can give to him now that have a lot of you you ask a lot of Liverpool fans and out of the front three who would they who would they not want to get leave and it's probably Mane. Whereas you think for the last two seasons it's it's more it's most likely been Salah. And then that's kind of other people then have been commenting, well, Salah doesn't get appreciated enough because of what he's done. But I think Mane, you're right, Mane has just been that good this season. Um, and it, it, it is it is extremely close. I mean, the, the amount of the amount of games yeah. he's, he's kind of got us out of a, a bit of a hole and the other player I toyed with was Van Dyke. Van Dyke's the one I feel like if you took Van Dyke out of that Liverpool team, maybe it would all fall apart. And you know the way obviously we're going, we're talking about this season, but if you go back a couple of years when Liverpool signed Van Dyke in January, it absolutely revolutionised Liverpool. And so I, I sort of feel like he's the hardest one to replace. So in a way, does that make him the best player? But I, 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 I'd sadly yeah. go for Sadio Mane in the end. Yeah, I. I... I agree that probably the best player has to come from Liverpool because to only lose one game gets to the point where we are. I think it has to come from there. But I get like I know what you say about Jordan Henderson, cheesy. But I still there was a point when for England I kind of got Jordan Henderson, and then I don't get him anymore. I don't understand him. But it might be similar. To like Carrick wasn't well understood by anyone outside of United fans, was it? Everyone used to say Carrick's overrated. Um, but then. I don't think you could pick Van Dyke because to me Van Dyke's been not been as good as last season. Um, 
Are you going to go for Jamie Vardy? (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm not going for Jamie Vardy. But he has been very, very good. But I, w- I would agree with you, Simon, that the one that, the one that has stepped up, because a lot of times when, like at the, say, at the start of the season, when you were, um, when you were just nicking like one nils and two ones and things, you needed someone to step up and score a goal. Sadio Mane was the one who's done that. And like you say, I know Mo Salah is still not having a bad season because has he got close to 20 or something? How, how many goals? Uh, I think he's got, I think he's got 16. I think he's three behind Vardy, I think at the minute. Yeah. So he's not, he's not having a bad season, but I just think there was a, there was a start, there was a period at the start of the season where Sadio Mane was the one that basically you were reliant on to, to get you over the line and get you a goal or get you out of trouble. It wasn't any of the other players that you were, it was happening from. It was always Sadio Mane. And I think he's, he's kind of, from, from his, his performances and him being able to step up and do that and provide those moments, he's got everything on the path to get you where you are today. Because if he hadn't done them and you would have lost a few games at the start of the season... It's a complete different season, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I don't, I don't you've, lost, it, you've lost I don't two or three. You've backed down with Sitter. But then it's a whole different, a whole different ball game. You're talking about the squad in a whole different light. So I think Sadio Mane, the way, the way he set you up, the rest of your season up has to, has to take a lot of credit and has to go down as probably the best player of the season. And you're right. I mean, I mean, the really difficult thing with Van Dijk is what was he? Was he third in the Ballon d'Or last year? So I like to say it's not been. He's not. He's not been as good as last season. But I mean, to have been better than last season, he, 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 we were talking about him picking up the Ballon d'Or. So, um, and then again, our defense hasn't been particularly great this year. I mean, we went on that run of I think nine or ten games where we didn't concede a goal. But the rest of it, or the rest of the time, it's not. It's looked a bit leaky. So I, I don't know. I, 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 I mean, either I, with, I, the Henderson or the Mane thing doesn't it, it, either which way I don't think it really matters to me. I think the Henderson thing this year is he's kind of stepped up and been been a leader. I think there was a lot of there was a lot of criticism last year about when um, he came out playing the six and went to go and play in the eight role that he didn't have the range of passing or the vision. And that's always been the thing since Coutinho left that who is it the, who is it the, from the midfield that, that gets forward? Whereas I think he's done a bit better this year. He's got a couple more goals. He's had quite a, a good few of assists. I think he's crossed one of the balls in for Mane. Um, in the city game, so he's had out, he's had moments this year where he's kind of stood up and, and been counted from a from an output point of view, not just somebody who um, who can run around, um, break play up, and um, and then just pass the easy ball or pass it backwards. I think he's kind of had an impact on games this year, whereas I think last year he was very much a case of just break the play up and pass it on. So, but I, I also don't know. think if you took you're talking about your back four, if you took one player out your back four, and it'd be a whole different back four. If you took Trent Alexander Arnold out. Oh, absolutely! Creatively, creatively for you, he's he's immense. His right foot is unbelievable. We, I can't remember which game it was. There was a game. I think it might have been the West, either the Bournemouth game or the West Ham game. We played without either fullback for a game, and I can't remember. It might have even been the might have even been the, the FA Cup game at Chelsea, and I think it was Trent that didn't play or Robertson didn't play. And we just don't look. We just don't look the same because ne- neither one can then do what the other one wants to do and go forward. Because they have to be a bit more robust and sit in a little bit more. So either when either of them come out, it does it does affect the way that um, well, the team plays. So like I said, it works very well as an eleven, and you can kind of take certain people out and replace certain people. But there are people that make it absolutely key to um, for it all to kind of mould and all to kind of work in there. But Henderson Mane, I'm either I'm I'm, I'm not fussed either, which way I'm happy to go Mane. It doesn't really it's it, it, it's it. It's some, it's that, sounds, some... that sounds conclusive, then, doesn't it? I think the, the three thirds man, one third scouts player of the year, which I, I think he's up there with the PFA award, uh, goes to Sadio Mane. Absolutely. Well, that, 
Have we got Marnie on the phone to receive his award? Um, oh, I've, sadly, I've... unavailable. He's uh, oh. he sent Jay Sterling to accept the award for him. Jay Sterling? Well, yeah, I said, we're not having Jay Sterling. Who's Jay Sterling? Jay Sterling, he was like the scow shabby, wasn't he? He, he went on to play for Bolton, didn't he? Was he... Jay Spearing? Oh, Jay Spearing. Oh. Ah, yeah. Sorry. Yeah, good point. <laughs> I think Jay Spearing's at Blackpool now. Yeah, he is at Blackpool, yeah. Uh, Jay Sterling. I thought Raheem had a brother that he's been keeping quiet. <laughs> right, there we go. Sadio Mane. Sadio right. Mane, congratulations. I mean, can I gotta just say... It's only supposed to be one third Liverpool. We're twenty minutes in. We're not spoken about anything. I know, yeah. <laughs> well, I've got a feeling that's about to change. So, uh, next topic. Next yeah. topic is young player of the year. Uh, Ross, how, do you want to kick off? Well, how old are we going for young player of the year? Well, that's that is the thing. So when I when I first thought about who the young player of the year award is, I went for Mason Greenwood. I think he's burst onto the scene this year. He scored some important goals. He's looked lively. He's looked like a star of the future. I was like, yeah, Mason Green was the guy for me. And then I thought about it a bit more, and I realised that Rashford is only 22. Well, do you, yeah. want, do you want to hear the six? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and this, this is in no particular order, because I had to do some Googling for this as well, because I had the same problem with Simon, is that I was trying I had to, I had to do a bit of age digging as well. Um, so... Um, Original, uh, so Madison is number. Well, I had at number six, and this isn't in any particular order. Madison at six, Rashford, Abraham, Henderson, Grealish, and Trent. Jordan, Jordan's not a young player. Come on, you can't have it twice, cheeser. No, Dean Henderson at. I have wrote D Henderson down, but clearly I must have missed the D. <laughs> Uh, if that good, he should get both. Um, no, and then some honourable mentions. I mean, Mason Mount, Harvey Barnes, I'd written down. I, I don't really think you can include Dwight McNeil at Burnley, but um, he was somebody else that came across as I was looking at some of the young players that had done quite well. So um, I think you missed a, you missed a big one off that list. Have I? Well, Jack Grealish has been pretty good for. I said Grealish. Did you? Yeah. Oh, maybe I'll you got down you got him down for driver of the year, haven't you? <laughs> Sticking to the rules. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Just just beat Kyle Walker, didn't he? To... Yeah, just ed- just just edged it, but <laughs> is that <laughs> so are we going for under twenty three basically? I think that yeah, I'm I'm pretty sure Grealish is under twenty three. Henderson is twenty three. Abraham I can't see uh, Grealish is twenty four. Oh. See, normally we wouldn't have laptops in front of us, would we? So, you know, we would never let facts, facts get in the way of the sport, <laughs> you know, before. I mean, I feel like I've been appointed dedicated fact checker. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Well, who, well, who are you going to go for, Ross? Well, if we're going on the 20th, I mean, just sneaking in, if we're going, Rashford is is of that age, is can be classed as a young player still, which is incredible considering the amount of time you think he's actually been on the scene and have been a regular. I would, Marcus Rashford has carried United in the early parts of the season and it's been unbelievable, I think. I don't think you can really... I actually, I, I think we saw the best Rashford uh, sort of in that sort of October, November time when he was just banging them in every game, 
playing from the left. He's, he's the best Rashford we've seen, I reckon, in terms of having a real consistent run as well. Yeah, yeah, but he's like really stepped up and took a lot of responsibility. And like, as if if we're gonna do anything, I've got to do it. Here. And he's grabbed games by the scruff of neck and been the one who's who's and his his work rate and tenacity is unbelievable. I I, just, I think he's really he's really gone up a level under Solskjaer. And what he seems to have because there was a lot of talk: is he like is he supposed to play wide wide on the left or wide on the right, or is he supposed to play through the middle? And I think all that kind of talks bit like died down now. No one's really thinking of him as a out and out striker. That attacking attacking left, like in kind of inside forward role is is what has suited him and what he's really thrived at and what he's doing best. And I think in interviews he said himself that he's that's the that's the role that he sees as being his best role. So I think like like I say, if you take Rashford out of that United team at the early parts of the season, similar to where he took Mane out of the Liverpool team. I'm not saying United are having the fan- most fantastic season, but United season has ended up looking like it could turn into a positive one. And that's mainly because he was giving us some stability at the start of the season and banging some goals in. Although I do feel a bit like, I mean, I hate to go back to Liverpool, but Trent Alexander-Arnold might be the best right-back in the world. Yeah. And... I just... Don't I want to give everything don't want to play. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, I, I mean, I'd, I'd agree with what you said about Rashford. I mean, from at the start of the season, it was I think it was pretty much make or break what what was going to happen. But if you think, um, I mean, if you think if he hadn't have got his injury, he would have definitely been assuring to start for England. Um, United would have probably United would have probably sealed fourth place. Um, if he'd have played, like, I mean, how many? When, when was he? When did he go missing? February, beginning of Feb. Oh, I've no idea. Everything, everything seems that long ago. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, yeah, it probably was that long ago that he was. He'd be. He'd seemed to transform himself. I think at the beginning of the season, when he, like, there was the penalty debacle that United had. He missed a couple of penalties. United had dropped points. Um, but I mean, the game against Liverpool was a great was a great um, example of when he when he plays well. Um, and when the rest of the team around him play well, then he, he, he's very, very dangerous. And he's looked such a good striker this season. I think to the point where you kind of compare him to Martial and you see when Martial plays up front as a nine. And to be fair, Martial's been scoring goals recently, but not looked at any of the threat that what Rashford looks like, whether Rashford plays out left, out um, on the right, through the middle. I think Rashford's got to the point now where he can play either, either of those three positions and he looks a genuine threat for United. I agree. I, I, I think I, I, you make a very good point about Alexander Arnold, Simon. But I would say that Rashford has had the weight of the whole of Manchester United on his shoulders at times during this season, whereas Alexander <clears throat> Arnold hasn't had that. So he's not had so much pressure applied onto him, like expectations of what he should be achieving. Whereas I think Rashford, there is there is this, he's got to be the one that carries that, that United team forward. Whereas Alexander Arnold has provided he's provided loads for that Liverpool team, and they will be a completely different team without him. But it's under a bit of a freedom that there's lots and lots of other world class players on that pitch that are going to influence the game. Whereas at times for United, there hasn't been anyone other than Rashford to do that. So that, that's why Rashford get my vote. I I completely agree with Rashford, but there is no way um, that you that Trent Alexander Arnold is not getting this award this season. I mean, next season I think he'll end up falling into the same bracket as the Van Dijk thing. I think. 
I don't think he can get much better playing in the way that he can. I think he can get a bit better defensively. But the output from him, I think, what, I think he's second to De Bruyne in, in terms of assist. And we're talking about De Bruyne being um, the, one of the players of the year, one of the best players in the world, and mind being player of the year. And like you said, Simon, the talk of him being that there's not many better right backs out of the minute. World is- oh, we're still there. Yeah, you, you went, you cut off and... Yeah, you oh, lost it, Yeah, it's bobbed up again. It, yeah, it's come back on now. I've, it just bobbed up to say that it broken up again. Um, I, I won't start that Trent thing again. Um, but No, yeah. You were, he was just slightly disjointed. It was like watching a Manchester United attack. He just sort of... <laughs> I think it's because I was getting so passionate. It was just getting so <laughs> overloaded. Um, but yeah, I think I think Rashford's other great. So I think I think there's not just that as well. I think Dean Henderson on there as well. I think he what is he had t- ten clean sheets this season for a Sheffield United side who are absolutely overperforming. Probably everybody's expectations at the minute to the point where they they, they might even steal that um, that fo- that fourth spot. Um, and then you've got Abraham in there. I think again similar to Rashford had a great start. He was top scorer by the end of September. I think he scored ten goals, doesn't he? he was the first one goals this season. Yeah, I mean, well, it doesn't know, but if he'd have carried on scoring like that, he'd have had 30 goals this season. Obviously, that hasn't been the case, and he's injured. Yeah, but he did. I think so. similar, similar, <laughs> similar to he's he played well this season for, for a Chelsea side. <laughs> the reason why Chelsea and United are together is because they've not fought them to put the ball in there. <laughs> yeah, but he did, though, did he? <laughs> I'm just saying. And it's the same with and it's no different than Leicester. So Madison had a great two months and then didn't have, and then has had a, a poor three months and Leicester dropped off a cliff really. Um, and I've not, I think I've not, I've not shown great form in the, in the, in the last 10 games. So, I, I mean, if anything, it's between Trent and Henderson because they've, they've been at, wow. Oh, surely, whoa, whoa, whoa. Surely it's between, <laughs> if you, if you, if you between well, Trent I, and Rashford, I, isn't it? Where have you We're talking about people doing it all season. You said to me before that Rashford didn't start doing it until October, November. Oh. Until October, November. November, December. No, no. He, just, he just did a real red hot patch in, in that spell. He was sort of good. Old. He, was, he was the guy putting the effort in. I think, I, look, I think if, I think if Rashford had played all season, he'd have been up for the top award. For the Player of the Year award, I'd yeah. put... I'd, I think he, Aguero wouldn't have even been in there. I think it would have been Rashford. Rashford might have even taken Vardy's Vardy's spot. I think Rashford this year, when when he was when he was good, you thought this is up for Player of the Year. But I think unfortunately, with the way that United are at the minute, I don't think you can give. It's very difficult to give a player that isn't in that Liverpool team both of these awards, especially when Trent's had the season he's had and, and Mane and, and Mane's had the season that he's had. I think, like you said, next year. Thank I you. think next year. I think Trent will come up to the same. I think Trent will have the same issues next year. I don't think anybody will think of him as being a, a great player next season because of the levels he's kind of set himself. Whereas you think Rashford could score twenty five goals next year and get Player of the Year. Well, that would be an unbelievable season. A striker gets twenty five goals in a season. Well, if, if he goes back to taking penalties for United and he ends up playing the full season, I mean, I I think I said to you at the beginning of the season, I don't think he'll score twenty goals this season. And, and he's, he... so let me get this. Hang on, hang on, stop there. You're, so you're ruling out... Why are you ruling out... I don't think he's played. He's, he's been injured most of the season. But bear I in mean, mind this... when you're comparing Rashford and Henderson, they're both Manchester United players. Henderson, great, had a great season. I, I, but United deemed Henderson 
so low down the pecking order. They sent him on, out on low. You know, that, Rashford's played for one of the best teams and in the country. Remind me again where Sheffield United are. Where United are. <laughs> well, I mean, we'll get Ross to explain to us what big, how hard it is to beat Sheffield United. But, uh, not, not, just in, not just in real life, in the virtual world as well. <laughs> I'm not saying who the best nailed. young players of the last 15 years. I'm saying who the best young players of this season. And that Dean Henderson is, is way up there. Dean Henderson's done it week in, week out, every every single week, playing for a side that is it was expected to go down. Yeah, but that No, you, Dean Henderson has played well, and yes, he has been very, very good. But that is a that is a team effort. You can't single anyone out of the Sheffield United team and say they have been unbelievably good. They've all been they all played very, very well consistently. Played. You're not picking one person out of that team. Whereas you're taking Rashford and saying, you've been unbelievable. That team's been bang average a lot of the time. So, is, so with Sheffield United, is it the goals that's kept Sheffield United up or is it the clean sheets that have got them where they are? Because it definitely isn't the goals. And it, <laughs> I mean, the, the clean sheets is not effort, isn't it? You you tell that to Ollie McBurney. I think he does. <laughs> well, when Ollie McBurney scores more goals than any of the other players on that list, then he, he might we might be able to sort him out. But I, I can't. Say, Henderson has been. I think Henderson's been immense. I absolutely. Wait. So, so, oh, so who I are you going to go for? Who, who is gonna, your young, young player of the year? Sorry, when you said Henderson again, I was going to get outraged. You were talking about Jordan. <laughs> I mean, I think he could go, I think he could go in there and play better than Adrian. I really do, but unfortunately, it's, that's not what we're talking about. Um, no, I th- look, it's Trent all day long. I, I don't think you can. I don't think you can pick anybody else. I think I don't think you can pick anybody else. Well, uh, Ross, <laughs> on the back of the phrase, you can't pick anybody else. Who are you going for? Rashford. Yeah, <laughs> I, thought, I thought you might pick somebody else. <laughs> Well, I just, yeah, I can't, I can't, you can't set in there. Rashford has been, he got injured in January, right? When did the, when did the seasons like go, we're not playing in March, was it? Beginning of March. So he's missed a month. It's not like he's missed the whole season. I'm going to go for Rashford as well then. He's missed four or five games out of the whole season. That's not... When, when, the, when it finally does get to the end of the season I'll be surprised unless Rashford comes back and scores 15 goals I'm su- I'll be surprised if he makes the top six so, yeah but to be fair to be fair the top six is just an arbitrary thing you've come up with <laughs> yeah, exactly <laughs> <laughs> we're treating the top six no, like it is that's what they normally do they normally <laughs> top six <laughs> Who's not? Who's these normal? Who's these? When when it's finished, I'll screenshot you. I'll screenshot you. I'm not. I'm not. I'm I'm not denying. I'm not denying that Rashford has not had a good season. I'm not. I'm not denying that in the slightest. He just doesn't have as good a season as as Trent Alexander Arnold. That's 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 what that's ultimately what I believe. Right, but we were. I mean, two brilliant players. I mean, what what I'm very happy about is they're both English. We could have been. We could be arguing over people that are not even English. So yeah. there's another ten years on playing between I mean, another. Football, football's not coming back for a while, so that's another episode, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that... But so yeah, I'm got, Rashford. I think has, has got the vote, and, and I'm going to say an honourable mention as the breakthrough player of the year. I'm going to go for Mason uh, for Greenwood. 
Oh, I, Green must have been good, but he hasn't. I, he hasn't no, carried. Well, yeah. He hasn't I think it's just, it's just when you think, oh, actually, these guys are actually still quite young, aren't they? Like initially, when I came up with my idea of Greenwood, I'd just forgotten. Like because when the really the young player of the year shouldn't be for such established players like Trent and Rashford and, and stuff like that, should it? But you know, they no, are actually younger than they think. The other thing, what I had to like get my head round that uh, Jesse Lingard couldn't be in contention for young player of the year. No. He, is, he still acts like a 10-year-old, doesn't he? But he isn't actually that age. Always older than you think. But yeah, I yeah. thought about this well, a lot this afternoon. Surely, but yeah. surely it's going to be uh, Phil yeah, Foden's award that. next year. Well, that's it. No, no. Uh, no, I reckon, uh, reckon Jadon Sancho will score the goals for Man United in the league next season. I mean, he, he might come yeah. into the worst buy category next year. Um, welcome to part two of the Three Thirds Man One Third Scouts podcast, where we are currently dissecting our way through um, different categories uh, of best player, young player, best manager, best buy, worst buy, best match of the fifty of uh, the seventy five percent of the current season that has so far gone by. Well, well what, uh, we, what we should say, cheesy, is me and Simon are trying to be kind of thinking about the the Premier League as a whole. You just seem to be focusing on Liverpool. <laughs> it's very difficult. I'm not going to lie, uh, which is why we're kind of going. And you keep you keep referring to it as the current season, whereas it may well be yeah, the may... abandoned season, season. when when nothing when no I think one the, won the title. Uh, the uh, the UEFA president has come out saying that is it's, it's highly unlikely that it will happen, um, but he didn't say it wouldn't happen. So I think they said that about yeah, coronavirus in to, October. Right. Uh, we shall. Uh, I'll, I'll wish I wait and see. Um, they said that about I'm Leicester just, winning the league as well, Cheezer. My opinion, my opinion on that <laughs> is that next season shouldn't start until the season is finished. I don't understand why next season should take precedent over a season that we've already played 30 games. It just doesn't make any sense. Because, uh, and the got, decision because to... I'll tell you why. Because you've got to think of every subsequent season after this. Because it has a massive knock-on effect. If you, if you delay it and delay it and delay it, and then we say we finish yeah. the season in... January next year. When do you start the next season? I don't know. You wait well, who, who plays? Who, who plays in the Champions League next season? Not Liverpool. Well, it won't be. It won't be United <laughs> either. Would be because City won't and, be in What? Well, but it's null and void. So how do you have a Champions League then? If you've got no, if you've got no finishing this season, who, who, goes in, who plays in the Champions League? United. <laughs> You are, I'll, tell, I'll tell you. I'll tell you who goes in there. <laughs> the, the, the most dominant team of every nation in the last twenty years. That's that, that's fair enough. Although, <laughs> I mean, I mean, I think that's what the that's what the Belarusians are hoping for. They're the only league still going, so they might be the only team in it next season. Uh, you might you might laugh at my suggestion, but at least it's it's over a long time span, isn't it? So it doesn't just throw up the odd anomaly like Leicester. You're not just chucking them in there for fun. You're getting the real well, they normally do. I'd only I'd only be up for that if it meant you had to put in <laughs> the eleven like the, the teams had to put forward the eleven that played when they were dominant. See so, <laughs> so we you know United are in the Champions League. I mean, I, I'm not, I'm not sure what shape Dwight York's did at the minute, to be honest. Whether <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> whether whether York and Cole can do well, that yeah, favour hey. step over and one to it. <laughs> 
I mean, it'd be great to see Drogba <laughs> back in the Champions League. <laughs> yeah. Who would you have, Chief? Patrick Berger? No, Patrick Berger. I don't think Patrick Berger playing the Champions League for us. Vladimir Smitser, that's who you want. Oh, John Anarisa. <laughs> Jimmy Traore, oh, left back. All the greats. Yeah. Right, go on. What, what's the yeah. question, anyway? Question oh, is, signing of the season. I found quite difficult, if I'm being honest. Well, I think... It's a tough one, isn't it? I'm not. I think it's... I know exactly what you're going to say, Ross. You're... I think, if you look at who's had a great... Well, I was kind of looking over, so I've got a list of every club's ins and outs. I mean, obviously, the outs aren't that important. But I was looking down through them, trying to see who's who's really stood out from whose team and say that they've made a significant difference to that how that team plays or how that team or if they hadn't signed what would it have been like the only person I can think of who has really influenced a club as a whole is Harry Maguire to be honest old slabhead he would be my signing he's a now, you know, I, 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 to be honest, I think apart from Dan James from United, I think you could quite easily pick Juan Basaka, or you could pick uh, Bruno Fernandez. I, I think I think Manchester United, out of everyone in the in the Premier League, have had the best transfer windows. So, cheesy. I think when we sent out the questions, the, we must have accidentally sent lots of questions <laughs> saying what's Manchester United's best sign. But who are you? I mean. Who are you staying at a better <laughs> Joel Linton? <laughs> Obviously, Joel Linton was up there. He's number four for me. Well, so I came up, oh, I came oh, up with top three. Uh, I was unaware of the top, unaware, unaware of the top I went for six, top seven with this one. Just... <laughs> I've, I've, got, no, I've got seven. I've got, I've got, I've got nine. I broke two in the wrong bit. <laughs> So, my top three, so I've gone for Dean Henderson on loan at Sheffield United. Obviously, going back on Everton, I was saying, when I was disparaging towards him in the young player section, I, take, I now take that all back and say he has been crucial for Sheffield United. I mean, and he's been a real revelation. And he'd be, if the Euros was going on, he'd be my You should be a politician, the way you can pick and choose facts to fit a question. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, a vacancy might be occurring, but um, but he is only on loan, so that's why I, I went against him. The other one I've written down is Bruno Fernandez, who has revolutionised United's play. I mean, <laughs> all of a sudden, United look like this really composed, linked up, joined up, fluid system of attack, where we look like an absolute mess before. I mean, he's really shown the power of one good player to lift everybody up. But I thought it'd be slightly unfair to pick someone signed. Not even just in January, but like at the end of January, bearing in mind that the Premier League was then cancelled mid-March. So for me, uh, sign of the season, I've gone for Danny Ings at 15 goals. Yeah, I've got Danny Ings down. Without Danny Ings, I think Southampton would be banging the relegation zone at the moment. Uh, there's an argument for that. Who have you gone for, Cheetah? Uh, I wrote down a few names. I put um, I put Maguire and Aaron Wan-Bissaka down. I put Iosi Perez in there. I don't I don't think so much Perez in the. I think it feels like after Christmas. I don't think you can kind of include any Leicester player in all in all this really. 
Are you sure? Um, I, Rob, are you sure Danny on. Ings was signed this season? Yeah, he was on lot. I think he was on. on I use that technically on the Technically, yeah. he's a permanent Southampton player now, so he signed for. Um, and then I. I mean, I, I'm not going to lie. I did struggle. Like, I had Harry Wilson down, but again, I think my Bournemouth. I don't think he's had that much, that enough of an impact to kind. Of, he, he's not had the same impact that that Fernandez has had. Um, Gary Kale, I think, going into the centre of defence at Crystal Palace has done a, a, a really good job. Uh, Saint Maximan at, at Newcastle. I think when he's played, he's been great. Could you um, are, you, you know, you know, you didn't have to come up I, with six. Like, I'm not, well. I, I literally went down the list and even these people, the rest of them, the rest of them, I was like, no chance. I I'll literally looked at everybody. everybody you, have you got, have you got uh, Ravel Morrison on your list somewhere as well? No. I, th- I, don't think, <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm, I think he will, he won't be at Newcastle next season. I think somebody else will come in and buy him. God, I wouldn't say he's been great. I mean, he's, he's... he's a player of sort of great moments, isn't he? But he's quite inconsistent. I don't think a big club would want to. The best thing Saint Maximum's done this season is when um, someone on Twitter tweeted him saying that people have said that he looks like him, and it was a, basically a white guy. And Saint Maximum <laughs> said, "Yeah, you like twins, aren't we?" <laughs> <laughs> That's the best thing he's done all season. Other than that, I can't think of a particular highlight. Um, and that was pretty. That's pretty much all I had. I didn't have anybody else. Oh, Ings and Henderson, obviously, as you'd mentioned. Uh, but I, I think I'm in the boat with. I mean, I think I'm in the boat with Simon. I don't know what. I don't know what Southampton would have done without Danny Ings. But then again, Dean Henderson. Yep. Yeah, I I, I sort of feel like if Sheffield United hadn't signed Dean Henderson on loan, they would have signed another really good keeper on loan. You know, there are there are sort of other young promising keepers around. Well, this is where I say like Dean him. Henderson. He's he's had ten other players who. who their work ethic is unbelievable that allow Dean Henderson to just make stop. Like, they, they make it easier for Dean Henderson. I absolutely get that 100%. But that, I get that's what a goalkeeper's job is. But how many, how many, how many goalkeepers don't make stops? No, how many I goalkeepers have let goals in this season? Even like Debravka, who had a really good season last year at Newcastle, has made mistakes this year. I completely De Gea's made mistakes this year. Pickford's supposed to be England number, number one. Who would you pick at this moment in time out of Dean Henderson or Jordan Pickford? No, I, I totally agree. But I think if you think he's signing the season, you, you want the signing to come in and change change something about the team or have a real big impact. Like Simon says, I don't think they could have got another keeper in who might not have been as good, but still would have been close. And they would have still had a good season. But they They still would have had a joined up defence. They still would have been just organised defensively. Like I I think without Dean Henderson, I don't think Sheffield United are in a relegation zone. Without Danny Ings, I think Southampton are. Yeah, I'd kind of agree with that. I mean, it is very difficult not to say, not to not to give it. I think when my brother said Fernandez, I was like, "There's no way. There's absolutely no way you can give it to somebody who's been in the league for six for, for six weeks." But he has made a massive difference to absolutely massive difference to United. Oh, oh, yeah. I think if it had been, been the start of January, it might have been it might have been a different kettle of fish. I mean, he might have won the best player the best player for January and February. Brother... Been... <laughs> oh, I was gonna. I... I, t- I was tempted to put him in his best player just to I've only you. not chose him as best signing because of um, because of the fact that he's not been here that long. But if for what I'm saying about if somebody comes in and has a massive impact out of anyone, Bruno Fernandes has transformed United in measure. They they look back to 
now as a United fan, like before he signed, you're looking at it going, oh, gosh, what's going to happen? Uh, oh, I'm going to turn United on and hope we win, or God, I'm going to. It's like I'm going to I'm going to turn them on because oh, that's what I'm a United fan. I should watch the game. Bruno Fernandez came. You turn on, you thinking, oh, maybe this is the time when Andre yeah. Pereira really and then you ultimately let down again. But Fernandez, Fernandez had his debut. <laughs> yeah. And then every game that's been on telly, you've got, I've got to watch that. I've got to watch this. I've got to watch that. Like, the excitement levels around United again are suddenly through the roof just because Bruno Fernandes has come in and he's prepared to play a forward pass. It's, it, uh, he, has, he has transformed everything immeasurably. And uh, he's, he's, just bringing, he's just dragging everyone. You can see everyone around him has improved massively because, because of what he's doing. But like I, the only reason I didn't pick him is because he's only been there for six weeks, so it's it's quite hard. But I, that's why I say Harry. I feel like this is a this is a rare area of agreement. Well, that someone who's only been in the league for six weeks can't be the sign of the season. Well, are we not all pointing to? I think it has to. I think it has to be Ings, but actually, it's, it's impossible not to mention Fernandez. But then I half think can you class Ings as a sign of the season if he was there on loan last season because he's had he's had a. Years with a bedding into Southampton. Yeah, but so I was looking into it this afternoon. He only scored like six goals from last season, and they 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 still spent twenty million quid on him over the summer. You know, it was a it was a real punt in a way. Yeah, I just I, I for me, I think I think it's quite. If you, it's almost as if you're like you've had a you've had a, you've had a getting to know period where there's no real pressure. Because oh, you don't know what the loan agreement was. Maybe they had an obligation to buy at the end of the loan period. You know what I mean? They got the loan in and then it was, yeah, you can have the loan, but then at the end of the loan, you've got to pay I think, signing permanently. I think there probably was a bit of that, but how many times does that go horribly wrong? No, I completely agree. But then Danny Ings, at the start of this season, has had a full, he's had a full end of season. So he's half, he's had to, However long at the end, back end of last season to get up to speed with what the manager wants, then he's had a full pre-season with the team, and then he's kind of hitting the ground running when he's signing. Whereas a lot of other players that just come in in summer at various different points with various international commitments have, have it a lot tougher to then come in and actually make a difference. Whereas that's why I think Harry Maguire is coming. You think Harry Maguire he's he's coming at this season? Now, when did he get made captain? January, when Ashley Young went. But you could already see that happening as the season was going, that he was going to come in and be captain. And to be coming and be made captain of Manchester United within four or five months of you being there, you've got to have had a massive impact on that team. You've also got to have a massive price tag and be brought in to be a leader. The one thing that the, the United team didn't have at the beginning of this, well, not many at the beginning of this season, well, then they've been more, called out. So that's even more pressure on him and even, even bigger kudos to him that he's actually managed to go into there and actually do it. And if you think the state that United dressing room when he walked in, when they've got Pogba and Jesse Lingard fanning about doing whatever they're doing, the silly dances half the time, that he's had to go in and have a and, and do it. It's not an e- it wasn't an easy task for him to do. He got all graves. Yeah, but I sort of feel like that's a sort of count against him almost. Like, yeah, he he's massively improved Man United, but that's because He's just better than Phil Jones. You know, you know, I feel like, you know, it's almost like saying you put any average player, any sort of decent good player in, it's going to improve Manchester United at the moment when he went uh, in. You know, if you're coming in, if, if the teams at a low level already, then yeah, 
you bring in an England international who is a natural leader, then yeah, things will improve. I didn't think Danny Ings would really revolutionise Southampton. I think with Maguire as well, and I think it, I mean, I think if, if Maguire comes in and United have conceded less than twenty goals and and where probably fighting Manchester City for second place or even where Leicester are. I think you could probably say, yeah, absolutely. He, he could he could probably get the, he probably up for the player of the year, never mind anything else. But, this, yeah, I, but I don't know. I think I think he's had a huge I think he's had a huge impact on United. I really do. But well, United have the third best defense in the Premier League. No, I know they do. Yeah, so, uh, but it wasn't that the way last season. Good point. Good point, yeah. But, you know, it's a tough choice. You know, lots of good signings. And you, I, you, I, I, I just you, feel you, like... You think of you who know, was playing in front of, of Maguire. Like you said, Pereira, Lingard at times. Yeah, Pogba's been non-existent. So we've had, Bruno Fernandes wasn't you could... You've had Fred and McTominay. McTominay's been injured. Fred... At the start of the season, everyone, no one was really wanting him in. And he only really got his time to go in because of injuries. So we had a prolonged period in the squad, in the first team. And now Fred's been great. But you think he's not had a great midfield in front of him. He's not really had a strike force that everyone's fearing that they, they're suddenly sitting back 10 men behind the ball. Teams have come at United and applied pressure to him, put him under pressure. And we're, we've still got the third best defence in the Premier League. I, th- I, I think he's, he's, his impact on United has been a lot bigger than everyone thinks it's been, but just because he's not, he's not stood I, out and scored goals. I, I agree. I think, I think Maguire's been a brilliant sign of Manchester United. And actually, I think if, if City had signed Maguire, we probably would have had a title race this season. But I think when he comes to it, I'm, uh, I'm going <laughs> to vote for Danny Ings. <laughs> I, I'm not going to win, am I? But I'm, I've put a good point across. I'm voting for St. Maximan. No, I think I, I think I'll vote for Danny Ings as well. Uh, Danny Ings wins the uh, the three thirds I mean, one third Scouse. Has anyone watched the, uh, the, the match of the day ones with Lineker, uh, Wright, and Shearer, where they do their top? They do their top tens. Yeah, yeah they're they good. But you know what they do? They just they just bring their top tens. And then they don't argue about it. They just accept that everyone's got a different opinion. <laughs> yeah. And they managed we... to spin that out for an hour. No. It's a good yeah, yeah. It's a podcast that? that just recorded. <laughs> it's worth watching. It's worth going back and watching. All right. I'll tell you what else I did after that. Uh, it came up on iPlayer, like a review of the, um, uh, the World Cup 2018. And I stuck that on. I was crying at the end of it. So that's sort of emotional. I was watching some sport and seeing England do well. I started crying. And then I stuck the Cricket World Cup on. I was like, oh, I can't handle this. That was too much. You must have been in bits. I was like, this is too much. I was going to turn the 99 Champions League final and I thought, no, if, if a year and Solskjaer has won it, that's, that's going to be it. I'm done for the rest of the day. <laughs> Right, next, next question I think will be slightly easier so that's worst by next the question. season worst by the season I've got St Maximus <laughs> yeah 
Good pitch. <laughs> no. I don't think they bought him, did they? Yeah. He's on low. I've, yeah. I've got a top three that I'm happy to go through. So, well, so second and third of our top three. Kieran Turney at, at, Can I, at Arsenal. You know, he I've, was, I've just signed yeah. him this season on Football Manager, so watch what you're saying about my Kieran. Well, and, you know, at Celtic, when he was at Celtic, people were saying, oh, he's better than Robertson. You know, he should be first-choice left-back for Scotland. And I know he's had injuries, but he's, an, he's been an absolute flop at Arsenal. You know, he's hardly played. He's basically been out the side injured constantly. £25 million. Away. I mean, maybe he'll come good Simon, you've got, but at the moment... You've got my vote with him. I, bought, I, I thought I'd get ahead of the Number game and put him on um, fantasy football, and it all went horribly wrong. Oh, a lot of people made that mistake. Well, my other one in my bottom three is someone that I had in my fantasy football team from the start. I thought it'd be an absolute superstar. Is uh, Moise Ken or Moise Keen. I've never been confident how to pronounce his name for a start. <laughs> the Italian attacker, the Everton signed from uh, Juventus, who, I, again, I think over time may well adapt to the Premier League and turn out to be brilliant. But this season, he's he's been really poor. And then, but in at number one, my absolute, uh, I, I actually don't, I think we'll end up all agreeing on this and moving on quite quickly. Worst sign of the season, Jose. Well, Mourinho I was wondering if we could have managers because, yes, I would completely agree. He has, he seems to have fast forwarded the three year cycle that he's normally on into three months, isn't it? <laughs> it yeah, he's been a They've definitely bought him, but it's technically worse by. I mean, yeah, he's been, and you know, it was so short sighted to get rid of Pochettino. It was quite clear the issue was with the squad, and you know the defense has got old, and that he's been running basically overachieving on a shoestring budget for a number of years. To think they were going to get rid of Pochettino and it was going to get better, and they've gone to Mourinho, who hasn't had any success really. Only obviously won the won the Europa League with United, but. Uh, he's not had any real success he's, for he's quite a long time now. More and more of a dinosaur every year that's gone on, hasn't he? Yeah, yeah I, I, I agree. He has been. Uh, he's been. Terrible. I mean, on honourable mentions for the for the strikers that are not Danny Ings in Joel Linton, Wesley Haller. Yeah, Haller's been a disaster. He started off West quite Army. well, though, didn't he? But you know, and the, the trouble is though. When West Ham signs someone, you think, well, that's going to be a disaster. You know, it's very rare that West Ham signs someone and you have any expectations. Yeah, there's not many, with the well. exception of Noble. And with the exception of Noble, there's not many that have been uh, uh, there for, for a long time, I don't think, is there? F- everything that goes on at that club from the top down is an absolute mess. So, yeah, yeah. that, yeah. Jose Mourinho. Yeah. I, I, Again, yeah. another honorable mention for Danny Drinkwater to Burnley. Oh yeah, uh, that was yeah, that was another guy I was considering. And uh, would you would you double Absolutely. up and say Danny Drinkwater yeah, last right. Villa in as well? He probably, he probably got in the third place. <laughs> well, like I say, Chef United got Ravel Morrison <laughs> and Jack Rodwell in. Yeah, so you know, proof that it's not easy, is it? You know, yeah, <laughs> even they well, make mistakes. There has been some terrible, terrible signs. Well then, next question. Uh, best match. Um, now I, I struggled match. a little bit with this one. 
I did manage to pick three. Um, the... God, I can never remember. What? I've got one in, and it's because I'm biased because I'm a Manchester United fan, and I'm going to go for the uh, Manchester Derby, United City, the one that happened recently. Was that, was that the one? At, was that the Very one? Fun. Which one was that one? Oh, when oh, Scott McTominay scored right at the uh, end when it was a complete, goal. it's a complete tale of two, two game of two halves, wasn't it? United not, gave it two halves. First goal was uh, Fernandez, fan <laughs> of the season, chips it over Martial, finish yeah. a little bit of football. They achieved it without Marcus Rashford, who has been, you know, one of the best young players of the year, in my opinion. If not, if not the Simon, if not the, <laughs> if not the, yeah, I, I, I quite have to go. I never remember Matt. Well, so when I thought about this, I could never think. So about there was three that there was three that I've got written down, which are not the Manchester Derby as you uh, as you probably would have predicted. So there's the first game is the Wolves three City two game, where I think. Um, Wolves came back from 2 0 down, I believe. And Andino. Hello. Yeah, then Andino got sent off. Hello? Yeah, um, there is uh, obviously the Leicester 9 0 from earlier on in the season when they went away at Southampton. Yeah, but is that, is that a great game? I know they're scoring nine, but. Do I get a bit bored when teams score too many and run away a bit? I don't, I, not really. Uh, I, Do you not? <laughs> depends if they're in your fantasy team or not. And uh, and then the last one, which I thought you three, I thought you two would have picked, was the Watford three Liverpool nil game. No, not that bitter. I never remember him. That's the that's the only problem. And I also think if you don't watch him live, so like I didn't really watch. I didn't watch the nine nil one. So because I've not watched it live, it doesn't have that same like emotional attachment. Whereas the like the derby that that has an emotional attachment because you watch him live. So I think that that yeah. So I can never remember him. And basically, the reason I chose that United City game was because it was sort of in the last month. <laughs> Pretty much, that was the only reason why. It was sort of in the forefront of my mind when I first tried to think of, about I it. Think of any I... off, the, off, the, off the top of my head that have been either quite high scoring, good games, end to end. There was there was quite a big list of uh, when I was looking through like best matches. There was some that popped up, but I was like, I remember thinking I mean, of these, thinking these were. I think one of them that came up was City and Arsenal. Did City and Arsenal draw two all, or Arsenal Everton two all? Uh, West, I think was was it the Palace Arsenal game? Oh, one of the games finished two all. I can't remember which one it was now. But they generally just. Do. do you remember when? Do you remember at the start of the podcast when we were talking about how excited Liverpool have been this season? But I said to you before that we'd won games by the by, by like a single goal. I don't. I don't think we've been involved in it in too many exciting games this season. You could probably say the Everton game where it was five two, but I wouldn't say there's been many games where it's been we've brushed teams apart. Again, you could probably maybe say the City game, but other than that, that's probably about it. Yeah. Tell you what, uh, worst games of the season has to be the time when us three have gone to that blue belt pub to watch Manchester United Arsenal. That's got to be the worst. Remind me again. Did you you actually play in both those games? (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, Kieran Turney matching Matt's when, uh, I've got a feeling it's Tierney. When, I don't know when I the argument Tierney. between two two regulars was more exciting than the game. <laughs> Uh, was it was it not Maguire that passed it back to Aubameyang as well for Aubameyang to score the goal? Yeah, the only highlight from both those trips was when Ross somehow accidentally <laughs> ordered two meals. I, accidentally, <laughs> I went I went and ordered one. He said he probably would get one free. So I was like, oh well, I just he went. I, just, I went no thanks, and he went, well, you might as well. I was like, all right, then if you're just gonna, so you're gonna cook a meal and just chuck it in the in the bit. So I was like, right. You got some scampion chips out of it. Oh yeah! Oh, I was, I was delighted. I don't remember. Challenge accepted. A plate of chips arrived in front of you. Delighted. Yeah. And we were, we were joined as well by one of the games. Yeah. I can't remember by a, a young chap. Were we? Oh yeah, no, the joining set. Yeah, he just yeah. sort of. I think he just sort of carded what he'd be amongst us. Well, yeah. It, it, it hurt the kind of banter we have on this like podcast kind of level. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, as people listening now, will know. he's working on a cover for a newspaper to see what scoops he could get. <laughs> yeah. So is that is that is that all the questions? Uh, well, that... we need to go back. We need to go back to best manager. No, oh, we got manager of the season. One more best manager. Well, manager of the season. Well, as far as I'm concerned, there's basically two options, aren't there? Do you go for Kike Sanchez Flores? Do you go for Frank Lampard? No. It's, it's wild yeah, or flop, it is. isn't it? Well, who else are you going to go for? I mean, oh, it's yeah. one of those two, isn't it? <laughs> I mean, he was I mean, in Watford's day, you could potentially pick Pearson. But that's only if Watford's day up. No, you never pick, you never, you never pick Pearson. Never pick Pearson. No. Nah. <laughs> you never pick, never, never. I've got one never pick. Pearson. That is the one, the one rule I live my life by. Never pick Pearson. Yeah, I've got that. I've got that tattooed in Latin on my back. God, that's the title for this episode. <laughs> never pick Pearson. Um, I'm going to go for Chris Wilder. I just think that is. Uh, and you know, Sheffield United didn't even win the championship last season. You know, the way they've taken the Premier League by storm, you think, oh, they must have flown up. They only just came up. You know, Norwich won the la- won the championship last season. I... Look how much they've struggled. Sheffield, uh, it's well, I mean, day, I can I just say, and I mean, yeah, I know this is this is this is never going to win, but I I do feel like he should get an honourable mention. Steve Bruce. Now, bear with me. <laughs> you think? <laughs> You think Rafa Benitez has left in the summer and in every Newcastle fan's eyes, that was doom and gloom, wasn't it? That was it. Newcastle were done for. They announced Steve Bruce even more so they were done for. He's not doing worse than Rafa Benitez, his so-called god of a manager. I think he's done quite well with what he's got. He's got Joe Linton and St. Maxim no. answer. No, I, I agree. He's, he's currently sitting 13th place. I agree. I, I actually think I thought when Rafa le- left and they signed Steve Bruce, so, oh, Newcastle will go down this season. But uh, yeah, I he's massively over. I mean, I, I, it's not, he hasn't done as well as Chris Wilder in any stretch of the imagination. But I think out of everyone, you look at you look at the teams and where they are sat. He, he like you say, Newcastle, when Rafa left, you would have said, has Mike Ashley still been at the helm? You say, that's them gone. That's them done for. 
But they're actually comfortably, look like they're going to comfortably stay up. Eight points clear relegation. But yeah, he's not going to win because Chris Wilder's been a lot better, but he deserves a mention. But like you say... I'm the saying clock. What are your thoughts, Juicy? Manager, manage, oh, wow. manager of the month five times, more than any other manager ever in the Premier League history in one season. The season's not even finished yet. There's no way, there's no way Liverpool aren't getting a clean, clean sweep of these awards. This, the only reason they're not getting best buys is they didn't buy anybody. Well, they, they didn't win Young Player of the Year. Well, we'll wait. For this. <laughs> you can't just rewrite <laughs> what we say. I know you're editing this podcast later, Cheezer, but. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I can't wait to hear the bad dubbing over mine <laughs> Simon's I've got I've got a lot of time on my hands <laughs> I'm currently trolling back through every phone call we've ever had every every, every radio show we've ever done just so I can dub over some words yeah <laughs> I, I, I just don't I mean you, the thing is you expected Liverpool to be around the top of it yes I know you've only dropped what Five points all season, but you expected you expected them to be up there. How many games did you lose last season? One. One. He, he, he's not done any better than last season. <laughs> I'll, well, in effect, technically, go on. Well, I was done. Technically, what? Technically, that no other team in the top five leagues in Europe has got as many points after <laughs> twenty nine games as what Liverpool have. So that's probably not talking about this season. I'm talking about what do you do last season? How many games did One. you lose? How many games did we drop? One. How many games? Did... Uh, uh, I'm not finished. How many games he lost this season? One. Right. So he's got no better. Chris Wilder. That... No, I know he's got worse because he's exactly. not there. He's lead this season. It's all, it's, so for our, it's all gone him. horribly wrong this season, hasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I think. I mean, clean I mean and you think. You look at their you look at their recent form. One, 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 lost one. Oof. They're not even the form team in the Premier League anymore. No, not even not, not even got. And if you look back historically, if you look back historically, a key to a great team is sign good goalkeepers. <laughs> sign Peter Schmeichel. Sign Peter Cech. Adrian. Who did Liverpool sign goalkeeper wise last summer? Uh, Adrian. Who did Sheffield United sign? Know, Dean I'm, Henderson, I'm, one of the best signings of the season, in my opinion. Young, young player of the season. What probably I, you are? Young convinced. player of the season, I'm, Dean I'm, Henderson. And I'm absolutely convinced that Manchester United would have loaned up their <laughs> project. <laughs> <laughs> you can't. Thing is, with Sheffield United, what you can't argue, they've not, they've not come and just sat back and been a boring team. They, like, Chris Wilder's invented the overlapping centre half. No one was doing that. Not even Pep was doing no, that. Or Klopp. I... Chris Wilder's come up. He's brought a new thing to the Premier League. Liverpool doing the same bang bang rock and roll football they've done for the last four years. It's getting boring it's getting now. Wilder's where it's at. He's bringing <laughs> the excitement to the league. And what we're saying here, Wilder for England. No, oh, Wilder for everything. That, that's the, that's the mo- that the other motto I live by. <laughs> so never pick Pavement. <laughs> Always pick Wilder. <laughs> <laughs> Always, yeah. Just writing that down. Yeah. <laughs> Can I just say, do put, being able to have a drink while you do a podcast is miles better than doing the radio. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's great spending time with you two, but this way I can I yeah, can drink and exactly. not worry about really? driving home afterwards. This is. 
I'm just a little annoyed I didn't bring more <laughs> bottles out before the podcast started. Because <laughs> I could have really gone to town. I have a feeling next Monday night will be a treat. So, so oh, it definitely will be. <laughs> I'll do the weekly shop on Monday again. And we'll be ready to go. <laughs> so we decided then Wilder. I'll, I'll let, the, I've, I've wrote Wilder down, to be fair. You can, I've, I've, granted, I wrote him after clock, but we'll, we'll go Wilder. We'll go with a consensus. There we go. I mean, look, obviously, Klopp's achievement is incredible. I have, to, I have to, amazing, but yeah, I have just for the last hour and sixteen no, no, minutes tried to convince that Dean Anderson is uh, second in Young Player of the Year, and at Sheffield United have had a great season. So, <laughs> so the uh, the three thirds Mank, one third Scouse award winners are for twenty twenty. Um, have you got them written Mane, down, Cheesy? Best from, young from player top, was... I don't think we came to an Mane. agreement on this. No, I don't think we... Yeah, we did. No, Rashford, I think we did. I mean, that's um... why these, these three of us... We're always going to come to an agreement. There's always going to be a majority. <laughs> yes, the beauty. Danny Ings. Side, side of the yeah. season was won by Danny Ings, former Liverpool player. Flop of the season was Jose Mourinho, was, was, the, was the one that we all really coalesced around. That, that was the one we were certain on. Uh, the United Vic, Derby Day victory over City was match of the season. Yeah. And Chris Wilder. There we go. Manager. If only, Tottenham, if only Tottenham would have took Chris Wilder on. Look where they'd be. Yeah. Well, it'll, it'll be fascinating to see how Chris Wilder does when he. Uh, so you, you imagine at some point a bigger well, club will come in for I mean, let's just say. Sheffield United are two points ahead of Tottenham at the minute with a game in hand. Says all you need to know. Well, that it? didn't happen to Sean Dyche, though, when they got into Europe. Yeah, but I, I think Sheffield United do play quite attractive football. <laughs> yeah, Dyche has still got Ashley Barnes and Chris Wood up front. He's <laughs> he, he, he nailed his colours to the master. He's not moving away from the... I'm going to lump it to the big man. Yeah, so if you, I think if you look at the way that sort of Liverpool took Brendan Rodgers from Swansea, it's because they played quite a try. And, you know, Spurs took Pochettino from Southampton. So I think if you are playing attractive football, I think there is an easier gateway to a bigger club. Yeah. Than the sort of Sam Allardyce, Sean Dyche approach, which it, I think just puts big clubs off. I agree. I agree. You know, I think Dyche deserves a bigger job. Right. No. Yeah, I, I would I would like to see him get the Everton job, but I thought it was a bit of a shame when he didn't. But um, and I, I'd love to see how Dyche. I don't, no, I don't, I don't think Imagine, <laughs> Imagine Dyche at Arsenal. I think they. I think, <laughs> think, I think before they sign, I think they have to get the player. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Everett, chase, chase after it into the corner. Fa, enough of that fancy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's not David. David, put your head on it. Everett, Pierre, Pierre. I know you've banged a lot of goals in recently, but we've got we're taking a new tack. I've got Chris Wood up. We're going to play off him. So I'm gonna, we're going to look off it. You just run off him. You might be offside fifty times a game, but at one time. Yeah. Yeah, it never worked, would it? Football's a funny thing. Right. Is that it for, for episode two? That's it for episode two. two. 
Any big, any big plans for the week? It's been a pleasure. <laughs> yes, you're joking. <laughs> I'm. Uh, Has anyone, you know, like you're allowed one bit of daily exercise, other than just going outside? You actually exercise, you know. You're just going for like just outside for the sake of being outside. No, me and Joe well, like the best for a buds. Walk or maybe a bike ride. No. Oh. Uh, I, yeah, inside your, your living room's not the place to be doing exercise, is it? That's what Joe Wicks is talking about. Anyway. What oh, are you yeah, we, yeah, we, we, we've got to move by Easter eggs. I mean, that is one of the big problems. Belinda went, Belinda went shopping today. She, she went to Aldi, she bought ostrich Oh, the really massive Easter. ones. You know, Absolutely huge. So she sent me a picture. She's like, which one should I get? So I said both. But because she sent me the picture, they were next to each other. So there was no perspective. So I assumed they were just Easter eggs. And now we've got them back here. I'll send you a picture after this. Well, I went to Asda today. They were selling uh, quail eggs, Easter eggs. Were they? Sure, they're, sure yeah. they're smaller than a Cadbury's cream egg. Is that not a mini egg? Size? Maybe just a tad bigger, but they were selling quail eggs, mini eggs. Quail eggs, yeah, Easter eggs. I was surprised. They had they had wrapped them up in their like what's what's the Asda like Tesco finest kind of range. Whatever it was, they wrapped them up there. I thought yeah. just because they're tiny, you can't call them special. You get an Easter egg. <laughs> Easter egg, you either, you're either going all out for a dead expensive one, aren't you? Or you're just going for cheap chocolate and as much of it as yeah, you can get. Absolutely. <laughs> 